Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's Beacon Leadership Conversation. My name is Jim Husson. I'm BC Senior Vice President for University Advancement, and it's great to have you all with us today. I hope this finds you all well and healthy and that you had a nice Memorial Day weekend. I'm pretty excited about today's uh, conversation. We're going to be focusing today on BC's Shea Center for Entrepreneurship. And for that conversation, we're going to be joined by my friend Jerry Doyle, the Popolo Family Executive Director of the Shea Center. Jerry is a BC Eagle through and through, BC class of 1987. He's also a BC parent. And Jerry is somebody who spent a career as an entrepreneur. He received his, Harvard, his MBA from Harvard University after graduating from BC. He launched two companies from scratch. And he is also today still a venture capital investor. But he returned to BC five years ago to lead the Shea Center. And Jerry is one of Boston College's most dynamic leaders of a center that is among one of its most dynamic initiatives. And I'm really excited to have an opportunity to bring Jerry to you today. We'll also be joined a little later in the conversation by two students who are active in the Shea Center. Maggie Yan is a rising junior in the Carroll School of Management. She hails from New York. She's a double major in finance and film studies. She's been active in the student admissions program at BC and very active in the Shea Center where she's a board member. We'll also be joined by Jenna Steichen, a rising senior from the Carroll School of Management also, and she hails from Minnesota. Jenna's a double major in information systems and data analytics, and she's the student chair of the Shea Center, and she's been very active in the Women's Innovator Network. You'll have an opportunity to hear from both of them, and I'll let them introduce themselves when they join us. And I'm also gonna let my friend Jerry Doyle share a little bit more about himself. And uh, I think we'll do that right now. Jerry, are you out there ready to join us? I am, Jim. Thank you so much for having me today. And uh, great to be here and great to be with you and obviously uh, with, with Jen and Maggie. So thank you. Jerry, it's great to, great to have you here and it's great to see you. And I, I miss seeing you, so it's good to see you this way. Yeah, we've been getting used to seeing each a lot of people by Zoom, right? We're doing all sorts of things. But, it's uh, true. I'm jealous you're back on campus, and so I'm looking forward to getting back on campus. Yeah, it's not, I'm, I'm maybe one of just two or three people here in the building. A few of us are coming in now and again, and uh, I'm here you know, from the Cadigan Alumni Center, and it is terrific. Uh, and I, I miss campus very much, and it'll be great to have students coming back uh, this fall. That's a topic for another day. Um, and Jerry, as we kick things off, let me just say to um, those folks who have joined us that if you're joining us for the first time for this webinar, this is really designed to be interactive. We've received a lot of questions already from people who have registered, and I'm going to pose those questions to, uh, to Jerry and to um, Jenna and Maggie. But I also hope you'll ask questions as we go along. You should see on your screen a Q&A button. And you can use that to pose questions to me and I'll moderate questions and I'll do my best to ask questions that are kind of broadly representative of what's on people's minds. So please use that as you listen to us. And if a question comes up, I encourage you to send that in. And Jerry, why don't we just start um, maybe for you, you know, not everyone on the call is probably very familiar with the Shea Center. Some people on the call may not even know we have a Shea Center uh, for entrepreneurship. Would you tell us a little bit about the Shea Center, what it is, and why BC has a Center for Entrepreneurship? Sure. Well, we, you know, we started the Shea Center uh, about five years ago. Uh, so this is we're just completing our fifth year. And the idea was really to try to introduce a little more entrepreneurial mindset on campus. Um, you know, there had been uh, some, some activity for years going on around entrepreneurship, but nothing was really ever formalized. And so, um, 
it was really Andy Boynton. Uh, you know, we had discussions and, and, and I was, we talked to him and say, we need to do more around the startup world and entrepreneurship. And, and Andy uh, and, and others obviously, you know, wanted to do it. Thought it was a good idea. So uh, they asked me if I would, if I would, you know, come in and start the center. And, and so the idea is basically to try to get entrepreneurial spirit on campus. You know, show kids that there's, show students that there's more than just going to work at, at, at big companies. And even if you don't, if you do go work at big companies, to use that entrepreneurial mindset, learning how to take initiative, learning how to take risks, be resilient, be adaptable. So the center was started um, a little bit. We kind of, and, and I worked very closely with, with a woman, Kelsey Renda, the two of us are partners. And she came on board as well five years ago. And we, we basically, the two of us work at the center almost as if it's like a startup within this, this big kind of company called Boston College. And the center has three parts. Uh, we, live, we live in the Carroll School of Management and, and that's our home. And that's been really important to us. That's given us our base to, to grow from. And there's three parts to the center. Obviously academics, we now have 15 or 16 classes that we, that we offer students. Uh, and there's a co-concentration within uh, the Carroll School for entrepreneurship. Um, so academics is a really big part in growing all the time. The second pillar is what we call the co-curricular pillar. And that's like all the activity that we do on campus outside of the classroom. Toolkits, speaking uh, series, uh, competitions, uh, our accelerator program. We'll, we'll talk a lot about that, I'm sure, uh, over the call. Um, but it's, there's, there's so much activity going on uh, across all the schools uh, every day of the week. And then the third pillar is the experiential pillar, which is where we're trying to get students to experience stuff outside of Boston College, going to work through internships, visiting companies, starting mentorship programs. So the, the center itself is kind of those three things together. And you know, I think we're, the, the, the goals are, we're, we're starting to, to achieve that idea of, of, of being adaptable and being resilient and thinking more and more like an entrepreneur. Mm. And Jerry, let's stick with that for a minute because, you know, you said it's kind of like a startup and like a startup if we're in year five, we're in an interesting, interesting kind of growth phase of that startup. So tell us a little bit about scale. How many students are involved with this? And, you know, has that grown a lot over the past five years? What's that look like? Well, when we started, when we started five years ago, uh, it was a very small program. We, we did that, you know, on purpose to try things. You try things out, you start, you, you know, and so uh, over the five years, when we first started, it was mainly... Carroll School students only. And what, what I think has really been great over the last five years is that we've grown it out to all the different schools. We you know, probably don't get too many from the Canelo School of Nursing, although I haven't given uh, out hope on that because a lot of things are going on uh, with, with you know, medicine and stuff in the, uh, in the ecosystem of, of startups. But from a standpoint of number of students involved, we've now grown to, to, be, to be very much broader than, than the Carroll School. We have many students from Marcy School that are involved. And each and every year we've seen it grow. So I think last year we did a report that showed we touched, I think, 3,500 of our, of our undergrads. So almost half of them. Uh, Kelsey and I won't rest until we touch all of them. Um, and we're not trying, again, it's not just students who want to do startups. We think that this, this entrepreneurial mindset is important for everybody. And whether you're going to work at a big company, whether you're going into education, whether you're going to teach, you know, everybody could use a little bit of that entrepreneurial mindset. And so that's, you know, obviously some students participate a lot more than others, but with that goal in mind, we really want to make sure that we get to, to touch all 8,800 undergrad students. Hmm. And that's really interesting because I know that when I talk to students I interact with at BC, you know, students who are working in my office, you know, my daughter's a, a going to be a senior, her friends, herself, 
it is interesting how many students may be approaching the Shea Center from a lens of, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to go start a company myself, but there are things I can learn from this and experiences I want to have um, that, that are really uh, valuable, I think, to all students, Jared. Is that something you're seeing? Absolutely. And what we found is through our speaker series, actually, that students are really able to pick that stuff up. You know, we, and, and so, again, as you talk about scaling it, when we started the center five years ago, we, did, uh, we started a program called Lunch with an Entrepreneur. And I think we ran one a month. Um, and if you can imagine five years later, we now have trouble finding days of the week to find the entrepreneur, uh, you know, to schedule another entrepreneur to come in and do a lunch. And it's all different types of entrepreneurs. Uh, entrepreneurs that work, work uh, you know, with their own startups, entrepreneurs that have, that have worked in, in bigger tech companies, entrepreneurs that have been in, in education. And so we have a broad number of students and they, they look at the speaker, they look at the speaker profile, and then they decide if they want to come. And, and so you, you have your regulars and then you have every, every time we do it, you see five, 10, 15, 20 students that you've never seen before. And they're maybe interested in that, in that industry. They may be interested in, in that job function. They may just want to hear what something like that is about. And again, what we're trying to do is get students to be more curious, to, take, to think outside their comfort zones a little bit and take more risks. You know, there's, another, there's not a better time in your life than when you're 18 to 22 years old than to, to, to take some risks and to think outside your comfort zone and try things you'd never tried before. You have nothing to lose. You know, so, so that's kind of the spirit that we're trying to, to bring when we, when, we, when we do these things. You know, Jerry, speaking of taking risks and doing things outside your comfort zone, how about for you? You know, you, you know, you were a serial entrepreneur, you know, to use that term, and then you came back here for this role five years ago. Was that a big decision for you? And maybe just give people a sense of what the executive director does. You know, how do you, what's a typical week like for you? Uh, maybe share a little bit about why you came uh, back for this and what's the day-to-day -day like for you in this role? Well, you know, I'm, I'm a really lucky person. I mean, Boston College has been such a big part of my life forever. My grandfather went to BC. My father went to BC. My wife and I graduated together in 87. My, I have two daughters, one that graduated, uh, three daughters, two, two went to BC, and, and uh, one is still there. So coming back to BC was really an easy decision for me. Um, and I had been back doing, doing uh, some guest lecturing, and I started uh, teaching a class called Perspectives on Management with uh, John Clavin. And so I was on campus a lot. So it was, it was easy, and I was, it was very honored when, when, when Andy Boyden asked me if I would do this. Um, and so, because so I always said the three loves of my life is entrepreneurship, startup, Boston College, you know, and my family. And you think about th this role has, has allowed me to do all of this. In fact, I even had my own daughter in my class last year. So that was really special. Um, so it's, it's been very rewarding for me. You get so much out of being on campus, working with students, the young people, so much energy and enthusiasm. I get more out of this than, than, I, than I put in for sure. Um, as far as a typical week, you know, they're probably, I don't think I've ever had a typical week in my life, even with, when I did my own companies. Um, you know, first of all, I work very closely, like I said, with, with Kelsey Renda, and Kelsey really runs the day-to-day -day of the center. She does so much for, for the Shea Center and has done so much. But, you know, my, my role is to, you know, work with, the other, the other thing is we're very student-driven, and you'll hear from two of the student leaders. This is, and so you got to do what the students want. It's not a time, which is very much like a startup. You know, you don't, you don't do it top-down. You go from the bottom up. And our customers are our students. And so, so we have this e-board of students that is tremendous uh, and, and they get better every year. And they, we work very closely with them to figure out the program. What, who do they want to hear from? 
What are the speakers they want to bring on campus? Who would be interesting to them? What are the topics that, you know, um, three and a half, four years ago, it was those students who came to Kelsey and I and said, we want to run an accelerator. We want to do an accelerator program uh, where we can have a 13 week program right after uh, Christmas time. So beginning of the second semester, we'll run, you know, for 15 different student ventures and we'll run them through a series of toolkits and, and, and we'll give them a little bit of money and, and help them develop their business. So we, we said, okay, we'll try it. We'll start, we'll see if it works. And it, it's been really successful uh, because of those students. So, you know, you, I'm working closely with the students. I'm working closely with Kelsey. I'm trying to put together programming. Uh, we have been so fortunate with our alums and our parents who wanted to help us. And so we're, most of our programming involves an alum or parent. You bring them on campus and we go visit their company or they're a mentor. We plan a mentor mixer and we bring those alums and, and parents back on campus. So, you know, no typical day, no typical week. Um, a lot of just a lot of balls in the air, uh, which has kind of been, like I said, that's the life of an entrepreneur and trying to just figure all that stuff out and, and put it into place. Terry, you mentioned alumni and parents and you said you yourself, you know, have been, you were involved with BC way before you came back for this role. Um, talk a little bit more about how alumni and parent involvement is playing a role in the work of the Shea Center. And, you know, you mentioned visiting, you know, companies and things like that. Is this limited to Boston? Or are you doing things outside of Boston with, with the Shea Center? Well, so, so I'll talk about the, the, the visits in the tech, what we call Tech Trek. We have uh, Tech Trek in Boston, which we visit Boston companies. We also teach two classes. I teach with uh, Jerry Kane, Professor Jerry Kane and, and, and Kelsey Renda. And we, we, we started with just doing San Francisco. And that class has been going on for a long time. John Gallagher worked uh, for many years running that class and did a wonderful job. And then the Shea Center took that over five years ago. And, and we started with just going to San Francisco. And it's a week-long visit. We study the companies for the semester, and then we go out during spring break, and we visit about seven or eight companies a day for five days in San Francisco and the Valley. That wouldn't happen without the alumni network. That wouldn't happen without Friends of Boston College. You know, people like Peter Bell, Pat Grady, Bill Clerico. Uh, I could go on and on with the number of people that, we've, that, that have helped us, not just in, in allowing us to visit, but helping us put the visits together. So that was very successful program and then three years ago kelsey and i and, and jerry kane talked about expanding it and so we decided to launch a new york program and so over the last two falls we've taught what we call tech trek east and that's been tremendous because it's allowed the east coast to, to shine and new york city to shine and both uh years were very very successful and again we could never put it on without alums and parents jean sabe when we when we have to organize a visit you know I, we only know so many companies so we call into favors. We called, I called Bajan. I said, can you get me into some of your, uh, your, your companies that, that Spark has backed? Uh, we got, we went in and saw alum like, like Johnny Ayers at, at Secure. And so those, those alums are, are getting us in access. And so we go in and we visit them for an hour. And I believe both, both Maggie and, and uh, Jenna who are on the call are going to, they both were on the, the Tech Trek East uh, trips that we've taken. And so that's, that's really been a, a big part of the expansion. And it's allowed us to scale because once we go in and visit, they see what's going on, they see those 24 BC students, and they say, can we do more? Can we come back to campus? And now you're able to bring folks back to campus. And, and now instead of 24 students, you're bringing in 50, 100, 150 students to hear from those same folks. And so that's, and that's what Andy Boynton challenged me with. You gotta scale this, Jerry. We gotta, we gotta touch more and more of the students. And, and, and as, an, as a startup, as you said, Jim, you try to get in the scale every year and do more. And, and so it really without those trips and without those alums making those connections, 
you know, that, that, that certainly is a major catalyst to this. Sure, we're already starting to get a lot of questions from folks on the chat. And, um, and let me just ask one last question that's coming in before we invite um, Jenna and Maggie to come on the call. Um, one person is asking if we're envisioning, in terms of expansion, you know, if you look down the road, are you envisioning any cross-school um, student group team innovation, entrepreneurship innovations? And this person is referencing things like MIT Solves or Oxford's GoTo. You know, are we doing anything that's going to be either cross-school deliberately at BC, you know, taking, I imagine part of this is about taking things like, you know, different management school, arts and sciences, social work, things like that, focused in that way. And I guess another question is, is there much intersection or learning taking place between BC and other universities that are in this space? Yeah, so there's definitely cross-school uh, programs. In fact, we've done a couple. Uh, we work very closely with the School of Social Work uh, and Dean Yamada uh, and I uh, put together a program uh, with, with uh, four students two years in a row. We sent four, first year four students, second year five, uh, five students to India uh, to work with the Institute of Technology of Bombay to uh, work on a solar panel light, uh, lighting program to get solar uh, lanterns out into the villages. Um, and that was a program that, that uh, the students ran with for 12 weeks, back-to-back uh, -back years. So that was, that was a great example. It's the tip of the iceberg. We could do a lot more. We have a lot of student teams that form naturally that are cross-school. You know, any type of entrepreneurial venture, you need a lot of diversity. So you don't want a team of four people that came out of, you know, the marketing department. You know, you need somebody from marketing, you need somebody from science, somebody that's from engineering. So, you know, you're seeing that happen naturally. I also think, and we can talk more about this, but we're very excited that the Shea Center is going to be moving into the Schiller Institute in a couple of years. And so we really believe that's going to be where the, the cross-school stuff happens um, in, in even a bigger way, um, because it's hard sometimes for students to meet one another, right? So, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll have a team come in and, and tell me their, their idea and their plan. I'll say, you know, who's your tech founder? Or who, who you, who, who's working on your engineering and they, and they don't have anybody. So you better go find a tech founder because if you're building a technology company, you gotta go find a tech uh, founder. Well, if you're a science student right now at BC and you got an idea, something in biology or physics, and you wanna try to launch a business, you know, you gotta find some business school students, right? So the Schiller Center, where the Shea Center is gonna be physically front and center, we're so, we're, we think that this is gonna be incredible for the cross-pollination of, of, of business teams. Mm -hmm. um, as far as the second part of the question, there's been some part, you know, like we work closely with, I know that uh, the, the guy who runs the BU Entrepreneurship Center and work with MIT and uh, know the people over at Harvard. And um, there's been a little bit of that, but honestly, Jim, the students are so busy at BC, you know, and, and they want, there's so much going on on campus that, that I've been, you know, a, a little bit reluctant to push that. Now the students have taken the initiative. They've, they've started this year, we had a, a, a student led meetup session with the student leaders from some of those different centers. And, it, and it's more about the comparing like what they're all doing, you know, the different programs, what's working, what's not working. You know, we've talked about like a citywide venture competition, but you know, I don't know if we really need it. You know, all the schools have their own venture competition. And, and you know, the idea of, of a lot of BC students running off to different campuses, I, I just, you know, I, I just don't think they really have the, the bandwidth to do it. Well, that's probably a good segue because let's hear what Maggie and Jenna have to say about that and everything else. Uh, so uh, Maggie, Jenna, are you there? Can you join us on the call now? Hey guys. Oh. Good to see you. How are you, how are you both doing? Doing well. <laughs> Excited and to be here. 
and you're clearly managed the bandwidth at your homes on Long Island and Minnesota, so that's not an issue. Uh, <laughs> and you guys heard me probably earlier say a little bit about you, but why don't you introduce yourselves and maybe um, uh, Jenna, you can start and then Maggie, just say a little bit about what was your path to BC, first of all, you know, how people understand, you know, when you were applying to colleges, was BC always on your list? Did you know much about us? Did you find us in a different way? And maybe just say a little bit about your involvement with the Shea Center and, and you know, how you, how you became involved with Shea and what you're doing outside of Shea. So it's a bunch of things to cover, but share, so share a little bit about yourselves. So as you mentioned, I'm from Minnesota. And when it came time to apply for colleges, I love the Midwest, but I knew I wanted to try something else. And so I decided to apply to schools on the East Coast and the West Coast. And I have two older brothers that both attended Boston College. So I visited the campus before and was familiar with it. And then I visited my senior year of high school and was really sold. I loved the people and the mission, the Jesuit values that it really upheld. And so I decided to attend there. And I actually have a younger sister that's gonna be attending as well in the fall. So very excited to have some time with her. And then as far as entrepreneurship, I knew I wanted to start a podcast to feature BC entrepreneurs and people doing really cool things in the tech space. And so I was referred to contact Jerry Doyle and went and had a meeting with him. And right away he encouraged me, he gave me support helped me figure out a plan, introduced me to people. And then he's kind of continued as a mentor throughout my entire BC experience, which has been incredible. And I got more involved with the Shea Center. I started going to every lunch with entrepreneur and tech trucks into Boston. And through going to those events, you really get to know the entire BC entrepreneurship community. And at the end of my sophomore, or at the beginning of my sophomore year, I joined the board. And then was lucky enough to become one of the co-chairs at the end of my sophomore year. And it's been awesome so far. And I'm really excited for this next coming year. Thanks, Jenna. Maggie, how about you? Tell us a little bit about your background and your path to BC. So I actually had the complete opposite journey as Jenna. I wanted to stay in New York. I thought New York is the greatest state in the world. And I wanted nothing more than to stay in New York City and be close to my family. And so I applied to BC more as kind of a backup, kind of a, oh, if it's there, I'll go. And, you know, if not, I highly doubt I will go anyway. And so my mom continued to encourage me to apply. And so when I visited BC after getting in, I fell in love with the campus itself. I fell in love with the people and how open they were to answering questions. And any questions you had, they were so candid and there wasn't any script that they were going off of. And I thought that was really, that genuine human interaction really drew me in. And so when I got to BC, I knew that I wanted to pursue business, but I didn't think that I had too much of an interest in the entrepreneurial world. Um, but that wasn't until I took Tech Truck East that Jerry was talking about earlier, and I absolutely fell in love with the Shea Center and everything that it stood for and everything that did that they did. And so I started going to all the launch with the entrepreneurs and started really just going to all of their events. And so through this process, I was able to get to know the board more, get to know Kelsey more. And I joined the student board this past spring, actually. So I've only been on the board for a semester, but I've loved every single minute. And all the alumni that we've met have truly been so incredible. And it's constantly awes me how open they are and how they're always constantly saying, what can we do? How can we help more? And that is something that I truly admire about the Shea Center and BC in general. And I think that's why I really fell in love with BC through this process. And so I actually became a tour guide with the student admission program so I can continue to talk about how much I love BC and all the amazing opportunities that the campus offers. Thanks, Maggie. Maggie, I just want to pick up on something because I think you told me the other day that you're a double major in finance and film studies. Is that right? 
Yeah, so I actually dropped film to minor because I realized that I loved data a lot more as I was taking tech track. I realized that I wasn't exactly the techiest person, but I knew that I loved that tech and data intersection. So I picked up business analytics as a second major in addition to finance, and then I dropped film to a minor. Oh, so you had a lot of free time on your hands, clearly. Um, <laughs> the question that I have, maybe it's a question for both of you. Maggie, maybe you can start is, what is your experience of how tightly integrated or not your Shea Center activities are with your academic studies? Um, and so Maggie, when you think about what you're studying academically, your coursework and things like that, is there a lot of synergy between Shea Center activities and things you're doing there and what you're bringing to the classroom? Or is it more just, you know, Shea lives over here and, and your academic side is over here? I think it definitely intersects in more ways than I could have imagined when I first started taking tech track and getting more involved with the Shea Center. I think the biggest takeaway that Jerry also was mentioning so much was the entrepreneurial mindset. And I think that mindset comes in so many different ways and it's really how you take that mindset. For me personally, it was really the idea of initiative and really thinking outside of the box and seeing how every small thing is an opportunity to grow, to become better and to really refine. And so in my classes, I've started really to be able to question things in different ways. I think one of the biggest things in Tech Trek is continuously asking questions. You ask questions that are under 20, uh, 20 words long. And you, I mean, when we were on Tech Trek, we would ask CEOs questions that they would end after our session be like I need a drink and I think that was one of our proudest moments because I just to have a CEO say they were overwhelmed with questions from college students I think was something something our entire class was proud of and something that I held on to in my classes I would ask professors questions outside of box about how what we were learning would apply to our real world uh, lives and I think that was something that I continue to hold on to and something that has really helped in my search for jobs and internships as well, because I think asking those unique questions really shows people that, you know, you're thinking in a different way that is so unique as an innovator and someone that who really wants to take those initiatives. Mm. Jenna, how about for you on that? Can you touch a little on that too? And is you're a little closer to thinking about life after BC. So how does this all link up to, to your academic work and to how you're thinking about post BC? I would echo everything that Maggie said. Uh, definitely the entrepreneurial mindset has helped a lot with different classes and even just bringing in a new creativity, whether it's to accounting or finance, uh, has always been really helpful. And then for my job search, I interned at a couple different startups. And then last year I did the True Ventures Tech Fellowship. And so it's a 10 week program. You go to San Francisco and you're paired with uh, one of their portfolio companies. And again, I fell in love with entrepreneurship and I was introduced a little bit into the venture capital world. And so now looking forward into the internship for this summer, I'm planning to intern with Summit Partners on their VC tech investing team, which I'm incredibly excited for. And I'm hoping to learn more about investing through that experience. And the Shea Center has had a huge impact on that. Coming into BC, I had not imagined that I would end up doing anything related to startups or entrepreneurship. I came in as a finance major and the Shea Center totally changed my path. And I'm so thankful for that because all the events have been so inspiring and I always get incredibly excited about the work that we're doing and moving forward in a path in this direction. Mm -hmm. Do you think this is something that's changed for BC? When I say this, I guess I'm listening to Jen and Maggie and, and even though to some extent they didn't come in knowing I'm going to find an entrepreneurship center at BC. They were clearly pretty purposeful in their approach to their education and their experiences. 
you know, you left BC, went and got your MBA and, and became an entrepreneur very early in your career. Did you have a similar experience to theirs at BC? Did you know back in the 80s that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Or do you think students today have a different approach to all of this? Well, I mean, it was very different back, back you know, when I graduated. We didn't have any real program like this at all. And, and being an entrepreneur was not a, a thing. You know, I, I think most of my classmates probably thought I just couldn't get a real job. So that's why I went out and started a company. Um, and now you fast forward to, to today's world. I mean, look, everybody reads about all these startups all over, right? So the, these students are well aware before they come to BC about what it's like to start a company like Facebook or uh, now we're on Zoom. And, you know, so I think there's a lot more knowledge uh, about it. And the paths uh, are studied, you know, much more closely just in, in just in general. You read articles and you see what's going on. Um, but I do, th so I do think students come in with a little bit more curiosity of what would this be about, you know, and, and, and I'd like to pursue that. Um, I, you know, so I, so I think that's probably made it a little easier for us as we started the Entrepreneurship Center because it's a natural interest coming in. Um, and we, we get many freshmen when they come in that, that come into our, our sessions and, and, and that's where we capture a, a lot of the audience. Um, so I think it is different, but I think the environment's very different. Jenna, I want to pick up on something you said, and Jerry touched on this earlier. We, you know, somebody wrote in, we were talking a lot about these different uh, programs and activities and we're using shorthand, but we're not really describing what they are. So would you maybe just, you know, briefly give an overview of what are the cornerstone activities of Shea? Um, you know, when you hear things like accelerator program, demo day, you know, the stray cost venture competition, would you mind just giving a sense of what are those things uh, and, and what the experience is like from a student's point of view? So when we think about our programming, we kind of break it up into weekly programming, recurring programming, and then big one-time events. So on the recurring programming side, you have the weekly launch with entrepreneurs, and oftentimes we'll have two to three of these a week. So plenty of opportunities to attend those. And then we also have the tech trucks into Boston, which we'll hopefully be able to continue into next semester. Otherwise we'll have to have some creative virtual workaround on that. Uh, we also just have like informative events. We're trying to pull in more students from other schools. So this year we ran a series on what is entrepreneurship? What is venture capital? Just to try and inform students about that. And then for the one-off events, the elevator pitch competition is in the fall and students prepare a one minute pitch for it. And they present, we give away some prize money. And then we have the startup and entrepreneurship fair at the beginning of the spring semester, where we usually bring around 70 startups to campus and students can interact with them, network, and hopefully get exposed to some great opportunities in the startup world. And we also have the venture competition in the spring, the accelerator program and demo day. So the accelerator program is about an 11 week program and we bring in speakers once a week for students to interact with and every week there's a new topic and then they also have grind hours where they can all work together and this all culminates to demo day at the end which hopefully many of you are able to see this year if you're not it's still up on youtube so you can view it and this is the opportunity for students to really show what they've been working on and the businesses that they've been building and then the venture competition is for students that usually have a little bit more of a built out company than the people that might compete in the elevator pitch competition and we give them some funding and bring in some really awesome judges to help us pick a winner for that competition. Great. And so actually one person just asked about how, you know, physical distancing is impacting all of this. So Maggie, let me maybe turn to you. Jenna just mentioned demo day went virtual. It's on YouTube. Share a little bit more about how, you know, what was the, 
you know, what were your, what were your expectations of that? No one anticipated starting this, you know, last semester that we'd be, you know, home in March. And so you obviously, you and the board quickly pivoted to this. How did it go? Uh, and what were some of your takeaways from the virtual demo day? Yeah, as we took things virtually, we actually, the entire student board embraced the entire challenge of taking things virtually. I think one of the first things that we thought about was that taking things virtually would offer people who weren't able to come to our in-person events a chance to see what we're about, to really just like tap in and just be curious and learn more about all the things that we do. And so one of the first things that we were able to draw people in with was Zoom with an entrepreneur. So those were previously our lunch with an entrepreneurs. And so not only were we able to bring in students who usually wouldn't be able to have the time during the lunch hours that we had, but also talk to alumni who wouldn't be able to come to Boston. So we were able to talk to people who usually stay on the West Coast and really be able to hear from them and people that, you know, people won't get to see when we go to Tech Trek. Uh, on the west side in San Francisco. And so this led up to demo day. And as we were planning for demo day online, we were thinking, you know, how does demo day usually go in person? And how can we enhance this experience, but still have that fundamental excitement towards such an event? And so one of our editors actually spent, she spent such a long time creating a wonderful video. And we work with BC, um, the Office of Communications as well, to get really great footage of BC as well. And so really being able to work together across the different communities at BC to bring an engaging experience to demo day and still really shining a light on our accelerator companies for all the hard work they've done. And as we took the venture competition online as well, we were able to showcase the winners and have them presented on Zoom live so that we can also see their reactions and really have everybody support the winner. So it was really actually quite an interactive experience. I don't think we definitely missed the human interaction part, but you definitely still felt that support there in a virtual environment. Jerry, did you see any um you know, from your point of view, were you concerned about how this would work virtually and did it, you know, meet your expectations? Well, so, I mean, absolutely, I was concerned. You know, I think we all were, if you take it back, you know, two months, uh, two months ago, we, we, we got school canceled, everyone sent home, we were in the middle of the accelerator, we didn't know what we were going to do, right? We had a demo day that was coming up a week later. And so I remember Kelsey and I talking about it and said, well, you know, let, let's see, let's see what the students want to do. You know, this, this this could be an opportunity. And if you think about what we're trying to do, it's all about adaptability. It's all about resilience. That's what we're trying to do, that entrepreneurial mindset. So we, so you don't remember probably Maggie or Jenna, but we had that call on the Monday night at the eboard. And it was a really fascinating moment for me because, you know, initially, you know, I thought we were gonna have a little bit of trouble convincing the students that we should keep going, that we got to do more. This is an opportunity. And it's like, they were just like, we can, this is going to be great. Let's do this. How about that? We can, we can add this. And you could just feel the, the enthusiasm and, the, and the, they, they were basically embodying what, what, we were, what we've been talking about for the last half an hour, which is they weren't going to let this, this semester go away. In fact, they made it better. We, we, we extended the accelerator program a couple of weeks and we added a couple more uh, toolkits. And then, and then the demo day, I mean, what these students did with Demo Day was incredible. We, we had more alums, more parents, more, more BC students than ever att attend our Demo Day. Demo Day comes at the end of the accelerator, and it's the chance for the 14 or 15 businesses to show off what they've been working on. Now, usually we do it in, in Fulton Honors Library, and it's a great event, um, but we have maybe 50 or 100 people. And, and because it's hard for alums to get to campus at six o'clock at night on a Thursday, we have 10 alums attend, maybe 20. We had like 
I don't know, three or four, 500 people on the call. And then the video has been played over and over and over again. So the number of folks that we engaged just through that demo day. And then we did the Zooms with an entrepreneur. And, and like Maggie said, we were able to get more alums and more to come in and do it that wouldn't necessarily be able to come to campus. So we were able to get Trevor Stewart to come from San Francisco. And we got uh, Bijan Sebe, who's in New York. And, we, and, so, and then the students, were it was easier in some ways for them to sign on. So instead of having lunches where there was 20, 25 students, we had Zoom with an entrepreneur that were 50, 75, 100 students. So the e-board and the students turned a, what could be have been, we could have easily said, ah, this is really hard, tough times, pandemic, we're going to bring everything to a close. And instead, they, they made it much better. And that is probably the, the, the thing I'm most proud of, and I know Kelsey is as well, and the thing that is, that is the most inspiring about what the Shea Center has accomplished in the last five years is what they did in the last two months. It's incredible. Mm. A lot to be proud of. And, and uh, boy, there are a lot of questions coming in. And so let me pick up on one. Uh, let me ask one. Um, Jerry, you mentioned very early on in the conversation that your goal is to you know, have the Shea Center expand its reach, touch, you know, I think you said you'd love to see it touch every student at BC. Um, and one person is asking, you know, obviously, Jenna, Maggie, you're both CSOM students. Maybe, Jenna, you can take this on as one of the co-chairs. How, you know, how's it going in terms of trying to bring in students from the other schools into, into Shea? Um, are there actively involved students, you know, either at the board level in other ways who are in ANS or, you know, some of the other schools? What's that? What's that? How's that going from your perspective? So we are definitely focused on trying to reach students from all schools. Entrepreneurship is definitely not just a business thing. It's meant for everyone. And that's something that we really try to emphasize. Even at the fair uh, involvement fair at the very beginning of the year, the incoming question to any freshman coming up to our table is, what are you majoring in? And then whatever they say, we find a way to tie it into entrepreneurship because there are entrepreneurs from all different walks. And so for our programming specifically, like I said, we try and have those events to just inform people about what entrepreneurship is. And we also have students from ANS or other schools on our board. We have students that have won the venture competition and been very involved with the elevator pitch competition from those other schools. And some of them have presented ideas in the healthcare industry or one did pet care. Some are working on social impact projects. And so really, like I said, this is meant for everyone. And we're trying to get as many students involved as possible. Yeah, I mean, it, just to interject here, Jim, I mean, look, it, we, 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 our home is the Carroll School of Management. That's been really important, and it's given us a, a real base to work off of. Like, I, I think I mentioned, Andy Boynton has been so supportive. Dean Ethan Sullivan, uh, Amy Lacombe has us come into the Portico class at the beginning of the year. Portico is a class that all freshmen CSOM students take, and we were able to come in and talk about the Shea Center. So that's been really important. But, you know, we've, we've also done a little bit on getting out to the other schools. I, and, I, and I think as Jenna and, and as said, we've got a lot of students involved, but we could do better. And, and so we, we need to work closer with some of the other, we, we've done some things with the economics department in, in, in Mars School. We've done some things with the English department. And so one of the goals we have is to really, you know, continue to expand the program so that we, because it, it, I, we're probably 50-50 now as far as student involvement. And, but you know, the, the college is, you know, whatever, it's 80, 20. So we need to do better. We, you know, we, we, we've, and we've got a lot of good things planned to get more integrated into some of these other, you know, departments, because a lot of this starts with the, with the professors. And so, but we've been fortunate enough 
to have a lot of professors that have been involved with Shea encouraging their students to get involved. I mean, as you know, uh, Maggie and Jen, I mean, students are really busy at BC, right? There is a lot of stuff to do, incredible things that you can do every day. And to get their attention is really, really hard. So we, we've been fortunate enough to have professors helping us and we need to get more of the professors and we need to do a better job at that. And that's one of the things that, that I think you'll see happening. And with the move into the Schiller Center, hopefully that'll even supercharge it more. Maggie, let's pick up on something Jerry just said a minute ago. You know, he was talking about how busy students are. And so, you know, you were involved in the student admissions program. So you've talked to a lot of prospective students. If you were talking to a student who, you know, maybe isn't sure about entrepreneurship or their interest level, but there's a little bit there that interests them. What's the easiest way to at least try it out? You know, this is a question that came from a, a parent on the, on the webinar. What's the easiest way to kind of, this person use this term, dip their toe in the water? If they don't know they're gonna be all in with Shea, is there, is there a pathway to just getting a sense of it without fully committing to this? Yeah, I think entrepreneurship is a very daunting word. I think it, but the idea is that it encompasses everything. I think entrepreneurship is everywhere and the mindset that we keep talking about again and again really applies to all subject areas and really in anything that you do. And so what I tell students when they ask me this is that I tell them to come, go to events, you know, spend, take out an hour of your lunchtime. I mean, we serve lunch at our Lunch with an Entrepreneurs and Kelsey orders some really great lunches and they cater to all the different dietary needs. We get gluten-free pizzas as well. And honestly, being able to just sit down with a CEO, with a founder of a company and really ask questions or just hear their founding story of how they landed at their company really puts people in awe of entrepreneurship and how much actually goes into finding a good company and really going through those highs and lows as you maneuver the entrepreneurial world and honestly the business world in general. And I think, you know, going to these launch with entrepreneurs or going to our one-off events or even the startup and entrepreneurship fair really gives students a chance to just dip their water into entrepreneurship a little bit and really just learn more about, you know, what it's all about. Mm. And, you know, Jenna, this is a question that's coming in where people are interested in, Maggie just began to touch on this, what are the biggest takeaways from the time you have with alumni entrepreneurs or parent entrepreneurs? So, you know, from your perspective, when you think about those, whether they're Zoom calls or when they were in person, you know, either speaking for yourself or what you're hearing from other students, what are some of the greatest benefits of being able to have that FaceTime with people who are now, you know, on the working side of all this? I think for me personally, at least the biggest benefit was just being exposed to the wide range of career paths. And many of these entrepreneurs took very nonlinear paths. There was not like, oh, I'm going to go to this company and I'm going to do this. Looking back, it makes sense. But in the moment, they had no idea what decisions they were making. And that's very settling, I think, for students to hear because we're trying to make big decisions all the time about different internships that we're going to take or a full-time position. And at the moment that can seem like it's going to decide your life, but it really doesn't. And the people that we talked to are also just incredibly inspiring. They push you to want to work harder and explore different areas, get into things you maybe never thought you would. So I would say the biggest takeaways for me were just being exposed to all these different career paths and being calm and collected about it being nonlinear and not worried about that. And then also just being inspired to try new things and really get outside of your comfort zone. And are you guys aware of, this is another question that's come in, have there been examples, you know, since this started in the past five years of students who have gone through the program 
who have started companies that are, you know, early stage success stories? Are there, is there an awareness among students of how students who have been through the program in the past five years have then taken that experience and able to demonstrate success with it outside of BC? Well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, there's definitely been, I mean, there's, I think there's two kinds of successes. One is certainly this companies that have come through the program. I just was on uh, last Friday talking to uh, the founder of uh, Fisherman, Amit Kalaroko. Uh, they were a uh, participant for, many, for the last several years in the, in the Shea Center. Grad, Amit graduated last year and, and, and continues on with Fisherman. And they've just, uh, done incredible stuff over the last you know, year. But in the last couple of months, their, their company is actually helping restaurants get through this, this COVID crisis right now by creating uh, websites within, within you know, three or four hours. They, they build these websites for a lot of these restaurants that didn't have websites and enabling them now to do takeout online you know, with online ordering. Um, they've done very, very well. Uh, another company that, that just launched last year uh, won a venture competition two years ago, the Straight Cost Venture Competition, uh, was a company called Ario. And they're actually digitizing real estate world, the residential real estate world. And if you can think about, again, going through this crisis right now and what's going to happen with real estate, you can't go visit the homes. Well, they, you know, Brannick has built this whole platform that allows, uh, you know, real realtors to, to put incredible virtual tours out there. So that's another example. Wonderwrite is another camp company. They just went through Techstars Boston and they're, they're actually digitizing all of the back office on insurance and filing claims. So that's one kind of success. But, it, but you have to remember the, the fundamental mission here isn't just to start companies. And we love when we start companies and then we have some great companies out there, but the mission is to, is to build that mindset. And so I think the, the even bigger success is when we see students that have gone through the program in the last five years, and now they're out of tech companies, they're out of startups and they're doing great. And they come back to BC, they come back for a lunch, they, they, they invite us to come in. We have, you know, in, 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 we went to San Francisco, Riley Sauer, who was a very uh, active uh, student for Shea Center, now at Neuro, one of the building autonomous vehicles, had our whole class in two years in a row, the last two years on Tektra. And, and so to see Riley come through the Shea Center and then go back out and, and be a, a, in product management at one of the, Neuro just raised, a, you know, a billion dollar plus valuation from SoftBank. I mean, and he's got a real solid role there. A woman named Kelsey Bishop, who's been at two startups now in San Francisco, and both times, and the first startup didn't work out. She went to a second startup. She's doing incredible, and she had the she had us in. So I think a bigger success factor, Jim, is when you see that these students who have come through the program, they didn't start their own companies, and they but they're they're in the ecosystem, and they're already given back to the Shea Center, and they're already given back to BC. Like I'm just like, that is awesome. Jerry, I'm going to just ask you to pick up on that for just a minute more because there's one question here that touches on something you, you kind of, you know, got to the edges of. And this person asks, how can alums, even if they aren't in the VC startup career uh, in that professional area, be more supportive and helpful to the Shea Center and current students who might be interested in the field? So is there opportunity for involvement for alumni who maybe aren't working at a startup, they're not in a venture capital firm, but to use your term, maybe they have that entrepreneurial mindset or they're doing things or things that they can do to play a role? Sure. Well, first and foremost, uh, thank you for anybody who wants to who wants to participate. And I think there's a number of things. I mean, uh, you don't have to be at a startup to, to to help with this mindset. So we do visit on Tektrex larger companies, and we think it's important that we do that to show the contrast. So if you have an interesting company you work at and you'd like to uh, sponsor a, a visit, uh, then we'd love to hear about that. And, and you can easily email me or 
Um, and, the, and Kelsey Renda's name has been mentioned a hundred times on this call. She's the assistant director of the center. She's really my partner. And, and so either Kelsey or I can take an email and we'd, we'd be happy to contact you. Mentoring opportunities. We do uh, many types of mentoring opportunities, both virtual as well as in person. Um, so that's another opportunity. Um, internships. You know, we're working really hard to try to help our students find internships. It's a really hard time right now uh, to, to get these internships for the students. So if you, even if you just wanted to do a part-time internship and you could sponsor something like that, um, we would love to hear about that. And we were, uh, uh, we, 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 that would be something that would be phenomenal. So there's, there's always those kinds of opportunities. Um, and, and um, you know, so I think the most important thing is just, you know, to reach out to, to Kelsey or myself and, and uh, you know, get, get to know us. We also would love you to come to some of our events, attend a virtual event, we do invite uh, the, the um, when, we, when we're back on campus, there's, there's events that you can go to. There's the Tech and Entrepreneurship Council, part of the Alumni uh, Association. That's a really, we've gotten so much more active in that now. There's a lot of events that take place in Boston and New York, San Francisco. Get involved with those things. Uh, that's a great way to, to, to re-engage. And, and we're, we're, we work very closely with the Tech and Entrepreneurship Council. It's a real great partnership, the Shea Center we have, we have with them. Maggie or Jenna, whoever would like to answer this, you know, there's a real awareness of the fact that I think, and you guys experience this as students, that BC has a cultural value system on campus that orients itself to the notion of being men and women for others. Um, and that's a really prominent, I think, kind of feeling you get on campus when you talk to students, regardless of what they're studying. Is that have an impact on the Shea Center too? Is there a sense that, you know, BC's cultural value of thinking about contributing to improving society, making the world a better place, has a play, does that have a role to play in the way you approach the work of the Shea Center as students? <laughs> yes, I think it definitely does. Uh, <clears throat> part of it is just the mindset of everyone on the board. They're incredibly supportive. And so whenever someone comes and wants to take initiative on some idea or bring something new, everyone else comes around them and is like, what can I do to help? Which just for our programming has made the Shea Center so much stronger. And then we also have seen a lot of student entrepreneurs with very socially minded companies. So for example, GiveCard, they're working on giving debit cards to homeless people so that they can have access to buying their own food and clothing, essential goods. Uh, we had a live stream on Instagram with them to try and inform people, but inform people about what they're doing. And then another company that actually got third place at our straight cost venture competition this year is Digi. And they're partnering with restaurants and bartenders so that they can do online classes for people that are at home during quarantine and really taking advantage of this pandemic and trying to help people through it. So we've seen men and women for others being played not only in how students approach their work, but also in the ideas that are being generated for startups. Maggie, anything you want to add to that? I think I echo everything about the board and gift card and all the student companies that are socially minded. I think another way that I've really been in awe is that how we really want to bring in the entire Boston College community, not just CSOM students, not just MCAS students, but really embracing all the schools at BC. And one of the events that we were planning to have, but uh, we had to move it to the fall semester was Entrepreneurship Week. 
And so we wanted to have this week dedicated to all the different career clusters at BC that a lot of students really focus on major in and really just showcase that entrepreneurship exists in all these career clusters and really drawing everybody in to form that one larger community. And I think just really seeing how dedicated and how passionate people, everyone on the board was to really just bring together the Boston College community really showed me that like, you know, we really are here for each other and here to support one another. Jenna, a year from now, you're going to be a BC graduate. You're going to be an alum. Uh, I want you to sort of think ahead and imagine it's your fifth year reunion. So, you know, six years from now, you come back to BC and you're visiting. Where do you want the Shea Center to be then that it's not today? What's the, what's the growth spurt or the next stage that you want to see Shea get to uh, that would make you proud as an alum visiting at your fifth year reunion? I'm already very proud of where we are right now, but I know that we have a long ways to go. As Jerry said, we can continue to involve more students from other schools uh, at BC. And so I'd love to see us touching on students that might be on the pre-med track and trying to coordinate cross collaboration there or more doing more with the social impact school as well. And I guess continue, I'm constantly amazed. Like, I don't know where we're gonna be because there's no set path or like, oh, this is what programming we're gonna introduce next. It's really just driven by what the demand is and what problems we're seeing at the time. I think it would awesome, be awesome to see us filling Conti with everyone for the Straight Cost Venture Competition and having students in there super hyped up and getting everyone on that same excitement level. Because I think that it's very supportive for the students, but it's also just a contagious energy and can hopefully motivate everyone in whatever career path they're going toward. So as an alum, I'd love to come back and be in Conti Forum cheering on the student entrepreneurs with everyone else in the BC community. I think that's a challenge to you, Jerry, and uh, <laughs> we'll have to work on that. So we have, we have exactly five minutes left. I'm gonna ask you each a question and we'll try to do this in the mode of an elevator pitch. You'll have 90 seconds. Uh, what's your Shea Center elevator pitch? You know, if you were pitching the Shea Center as an investment, you know, to someone who's either thinking about making a gift to BC and they're thinking about different priorities and they're trying to think maybe Shea is something I should give to, or they're a volunteer and they're thinking I want to get involved, but I can't do everything and I want to get involved in something, should I consider Shea? What's your, give me your, your 90 second pitch for Shea. Who wants to go first? I'll let the students go first, of course. <laughs> Jenna. All right, <laughs> I'll kick us off. <laughs> um, the Shea Center is a place where you can really develop the entrepreneurial mindset. And this is not only gonna help you in a career path towards entrepreneurship and startups and venture capital, but really in any walk of life. And so even, it doesn't have to be career related at all, just in how you approach the day-to-day -day and your, rela your relationships with others can be extremely helpful. When you go to the events, they're incredibly inspiring and they open you up to a wide variety of opportunities that you maybe never envisioned for yourself. And so I think it can really help you to push forward. You get the advantage of having this incredible community. You have the students on campus as well as the mentorship of Jerry, Kelsey, Duncan, all these entrepreneurs, as well as a huge alumni group that is eager and willing to help you, which is one of the most special things about BC is the alumni network. I've never reached out to someone and not had them be incredibly receptive and willing to help in any way that they can. And then also, we're willing to support you with whatever venture you want to take on. We'll help try and give you funding if that's what you need. We'll give you mentorship or just support you with students and talking about ideas. 
So we're really here for you and want to see you succeed and help you down whatever path it is that you want to go. Well said, John. Maggie? Well, to top that one, um, so the Shea Center really embodies the idea of not only the entrepreneurship mindset, but also the idea of community. Community ranging from the undergraduate level to the graduate level to the entire alumni network that we're constantly in communication with. The alumni are always so willing to reach out to undergraduate students to talk about their career paths, to talk about how they went from larger corporations to smaller startups, and to really be able to explore all those career opportunities. And not only is it all about careers and what, you know, we're always constantly thinking about our future, but they're also here to provide that mentorship at a more academic level, to think about what courses do you want to take that can really enhance you as a person? What courses or what major even can really just hone in on your skills that really make you who you are? And I think that community has really been so supported and really offers um, a really loving support of friendship, mentorship, uh, leadership to students from all across the undergraduate level, especially at BC where we talk about CSOM versus MCAS, versus even the social school of social work and really being able, being able to bring everyone together is something so unique to the Shea Center and something that is continuing to grow, develop, and so something I'm so excited and so fortunate to be a part of. Thanks, Maggie. And Jerry, we've got two minutes left. I'm going to give you the final word on this or anything else you'd like to say. I can't talk either of those. I'll do a quick one that I want to just quickly thank a, a few folks as well. But, um, you know, look, I, I think the Chase Center, we're just trying to completely change the, uh, and interject entrepreneurship mindset on, across campus. And I include, uh, you know, all the schools, the undergraduate, graduate programs, uh, you know, administration and alums and parents, just you, we just make an impact on every single one of those stakeholders so that they think about how to, how to innovate and how to take initiative and how to, how to, how to be more resilient. And, and so, you know, just really affecting the mindset of all the parties we've talked about. And we're getting there, but we're only tip, it's the tip of the iceberg. So I think my, my elevator pitch is just that we continue to get down to where we really are, you know, have, have impacted all 8,800 undergraduate students. Um, I want, to, but I want to cut my elevator pitch short to, to, to thank a couple of folks. First of all, I want to thank the Shea family. Uh, we, this wouldn't have been possible. We, we were really fortunate when we started the Shea Center. Uh, we, we, we didn't start it with the idea we were going to get a, a gift to endow the center, and it came together at the same time. We were so fortunate, and it's, it's, it's uh, named after a wonderful man, Edmund H. Shea, who was a lifelong entrepreneur and believed in Jesuit education, and m many of his grandchildren have come to Boston College. Uh, his wife, Mary Shea, is a wonderful person. Uh, his children, I've had the pleasure of working with John Marcy and Colleen Marcy. Um, so they've just done so much for the Shea Center, and, and I can't thank them enough for their generosity. And also Joe Popolo, who, uh, and the Popolo family, who have endowed uh, my position at the Shea Center. Um, again, I've been just so appreciative of Joe and giving, giving us uh, you know, opportunities to do things we wouldn't be able to do, because some of this stuff does cost money, and it takes, it takes uh you know, it, 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 we have a budget and, and it, it, so I want to make sure we thank, we thank those, those folks as well, Jim, because I think it's really important and so much that wouldn't have happened without them. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I want to add my thanks to yours, Jerry, to those folks, uh, those incredible families. You know, I always say in, in a place like BC, we need people to do two things for us. We need our alumni and parents to be catalysts and champions 
and we have a lot of champions of the Shea Center and the work that the three of you are doing. And Jerry, you mentioned some people in particular who are real catalysts for allowing us to get this off the ground uh, and many others uh, who we don't have time to mention, but whose support by opening up their businesses, opening up their experience and wisdom for mentorship and philanthropically supporting the work of the Carroll School, the Shea Center and Boston College has been helpful. So let me say thank you as well to all of you who are joining us uh, for the time. Let me say a big thank you to Maggie, Jenna and Jerry. You guys are terrific. Um, you know, you reflect so well on what Boston College is and I think more important than that on what BC can be. Uh, so thanks you guys. Stay safe. Enjoy the uh, rest of this week ahead. Uh, and Jenna and Maggie, we're very much looking forward to having you both back on campus this fall. Thank you, Jim. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you.